The Lord said to Moses, I will bring judgment on all the gods in the land, so that my wonders may multiply. This is the key to understanding God's plan behind the disasters. Ten plagues against ten false gods men has made for themselves. This is the fifth plague from the book of Exodus, chapter 9. In the book of Exodus, the fifth plague came on to the livestock of the Egyptians. The Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh and say to him, This is what the Lord, the God of Hebrews, says, Let my people go, so that they may worship me. If you refuse to let them go and continue to hold them back, behold, as in, pay attention. Listen carefully now. Behold, the hand of the Lord will bring a terrible plague on the livestock in the field, on your horses, donkeys, and camels, and on your cattle, sheep, and goats. But the Lord will make a distinction between the livestock of Israel and that of Egypt, so that nothing, no animals will die from what belongs to Israel. The Lord set a time and said, Tomorrow the Lord will do this in the land. And the next day, the Lord did it. All the livestock of the Egyptians died, but not one animal belonging to the Israelite died. And then Pharaoh asked and beheld, the same word appears here again, to behold. Now Pharaoh paid attention and took notice. And beheld, and not a single one of the livestock or animals of the Israel was dead. But the heart of Pharaoh was hard, and he did not let the people go. This is the fifth plague on the livestock in the book of Exodus chapter 9. Let's consider Pharaoh's option realistically. The warning came from God through Moses. If he complies and let the people go, half the livestock in his country will leave him and disappear with the Hebrews going away. So he didn't let the people go. Maybe Pharaoh rolled a dice on there and tried to call bluff and lost. And now God did exactly what he said he would do. And Pharaoh was left with no livestock of his own because of the Egyptians' livestock. They have all died. And the only livestock left in his country now all rightfully belongs to someone else, the Hebrew, God's people. The land of Egypt rightfully belongs to Pharaoh. This was established in a previous plague. The land of Egypt rightfully belongs to Pharaoh, but the livestock belong to the owners in the land. So if Pharaoh let Israel go to worship God now, with all their livestock in tow, after losing his own livestock because he did not obey God, then he would really have absolutely nothing left in his country at all. So Pharaoh's heart was hard again and did not let the people go to worship God. Pharaoh did not obey God or let the people go to worship God before the warning. And Pharaoh did not obey God after the consequences to let the people go to worship God. The irony was he could have kept all that was rightfully his from the beginning, from the start, if he had just obeyed God first. If he had just obeyed God's warning and follows God's instruction and let the people go to worship God the way they see fit, everything would have been fine. God's warning and commandments came. And God's warning and commandments from the Bible really are precious. There are consequences to them. 
God commanded Pharaoh to pay attention. The word was, "Behold, behold, I will do this. Pay attention to my command. Let my people go to worship." God says, "Before the judgment comes." And finally, Pharaoh did pay attention. However, in the end, when Pharaoh beheld, he paid attention to the livestock of the Israelites, as in the things which the people owned, and not the people themselves, not the Israel people themselves. There's a difference. Pharaoh paid attention to the things which the people owned, how much they had left in the country, rather than the people themselves. Pharaoh beheld not the people, but the people's things. From Pharaoh's beholding, or what he paid attention to most, we can see he was far more concerned about the livestock in his stake than he was for the people in his country. That's the attitude of the highest political leader in the most advanced civilization at the time. That is where the idolatry of his heart lies. That's the sin. When we become more invested in the industry and economy, more than we are for each other, the people. The Bible commands us to love the Lord and love one another, not the things which we own. The fifth false god. Commonly worshipped by people and subsequently judged by God, as seen through the plagues of the livestock, is economy and wealth. In the ancient world, livestock essentially drives the entire economy of every civilization. And Egypt at the time was no different. It was arguably one of the most, if not the most, advanced civilization. Today, we have our own developed nations by different global metrics. Livestock was the backbone of economy in the ancient world. In most cases, they were also working animals. They drive the mills. They till and track agricultural fields to help produce grain and other foods. Livestock produce、uh, meat, milk for dietary consumptions, and they also serve as transportation for goods and products. Economy. That's what they were. Livestock served a very important role in the survival of a civilization. Which drives the economy. Of the animals that were listed during this plague that was sent by God, cattle was named in the middle, and they were significant in particular because bulls and calves were also worshipped by the Egyptians as an icon deity, false gods, if you will. Pharaoh's beholding was fixated. On the livestock or the state of the economy in his country, more than he was for the people, God's people. When the livestock or the economy of the Egyptians were destroyed, Pharaoh refused to obey God, and the livestock of God's people were spared, because God is faithful to those who obey His commands and instructions. And again, this is why the commandments of God is such a precious gift to us. God says, "I've come to judge all the idols and false gods in the land with terrible signs. That's a sign for you to see: the plague, the pandemic, the disease, the death. And this is within God's rights because He is the God who created all things. Idolatry is an act of worship against God, worshiping the wrong God. Idolatry was always in the hearts of men. The livestock was idolized." Not because of the livestock being animals, but because of the implication, the economical implication it has on a civilization or a country.
The livestock may well be innocent, but there are men and women in this world who value wealth and riches in their hearts more than they do each other, more than God in heaven who has created and given us all things. As it says, God has made men and women in his own image. In his own image, he created them. So we, as created by God, must give thanks to God in all things. Economy and wealth can also become a false god, which provokes God's anger and judgment. Idolatry ruins a people. The more a person worships someone or something else that isn't God, the more they destroy each other. In this case, it was Pharaoh and the economy of his livestock. They destroyed each other because Pharaoh stubbornly refused to obey God's command. The livestock was destroyed because of Pharaoh's disobedience. And his own livelihood was being destroyed because of the livestock. Worshipping the wrong thing as God ruins people's lives. God's judgment against Pharaoh is still a reminder to us today never to idolize or worship wealth or economy. What God has given freely, you cannot earn. What he decides to take away or destroy, you cannot resist. It took a plague, a pandemic, to bring this fact to light. As obedient worshipers of God, we must be more concerned for the people around us, more than the labor or the economy that we produce with each other for each other. Otherwise, both will be ruined, and there would be no community or no country to be had at all. Whether in time of peace or in the crisis of a pandemic, we must never idolize or repeat Pharaoh's mistake. Those who are enslaved by the temptation to become rich and wealthy by economic standards of the world will end up enslaving others for their own riches. And the Lord says, Let go and worship me. Let my people go and worship me. Let go and worship. Today, many people who identify themselves as Christians or Catholics or being God's people, but refuse to let themselves go to worship God, like being a pharaoh to themselves, not letting themselves go to worship every week or every day. Because there's many in this world, too many, too busy making more money instead of going to worship God, locked in with those not making enough for a living wage. As if more money is more important than not knowing God. Well, there won't be any money to be made unless we all obey God first. That's very clear from this plague or this pandemic. Obey God first. That is essentially the teaching of Jesus. A man got so rich he had to tear down a barn to build a new one. Have you heard that story before? It's like he maxed out his own bank account and two credit cards isn't enough for two hands to spend on. And Jesus says to him, This night, are you looking at the clock? Tonight, this very night, I am demanding your life. And what can you do when life is taken from you? This is what this pandemic, this plague has shown through the livestock, through what was happening to the livestock. Jesus is demanding your life to save you. Come to church. Come worship. 
bring your friends, bring your family, set aside your businesses for a while and learn to behold and pay attention to people again. Come and learn to care for people again instead of just caring for money and riches and things. Come and behold people. Learn to care for people the way God cares for people. And come and learn to be cared for. Be cared for by God. Learn to be cared for by God. And learn to be cared for by people with God. Come, let go, worship God. What God has given freely, you cannot earn. What He decides to take away or destroy, you cannot resist. Let my people go to worship me, God says. And to string these words together differently because of Jesus, God says, let go and worship. Be my people. Some of us, while listening to this, maybe we had been pharaoh to ourselves, not letting go and not worshiping. And if we had been pharaoh to ourselves, beholding riches of the world, it's time to turn that gaze towards God. We need to let ourselves go. Let ourselves go and worship God. Let go of idolizing the false God that is economy and money and wealth. We cannot be a pharaoh to ourselves or hold ourselves back from worship God for the sake of because of money or economy. Pharaoh's consequences were recorded for everyone to see. There's a race going on in this world, I've noticed. It's a race to become more wealthy by the current state of economy, whatever current is to you while you're listening. And really, it's a race only more or less wealthy in comparison to the people that you know who may or may not know you in return because who else is there to compare with? And this is a race you need not run or participate in. Don't idolize it. Turn to God. Behold Him in worship. And the people that you are with, be content. Turn to God. Behold Him in worship. Behold Him in worship and behold the people that you are with near you, close to you. Be content, work diligently, and give thanks to God in all things. God's blessing has a timeless value which you cannot buy. Not a single thing that you earned you could take to the grave, and the time to depart no one knows. So cherish the people around you. The church that worship Jesus must behold and be concerned for the people all around ourselves, far more than its own financial or institutional survival knowing that by God's faithfulness, He provides for those who are obedient every step of the way. The church of Christ lives on continually by the disciples of Jesus who are so filled with the love of God that they cannot wait to do everything by the power of God and to share from the blessings of God with those who are in need. The church lives on by going to worship God just as God commanded let go and worship. Go and worship God. There's a movement and there's a name in that sentence. Go and worship God. It has to be both. Go and worship God. It has to be both. 
if all you do is going around and moving forward with your own plans, and there could be no God in your worship. And if all you do is worship by staying exactly where you are, then you are not going to the places where God is going. And even if all the wealth of this world were lost, we would still have each other. And that is what makes us human. And if we have each other the way Christ would have us, then we really must love each other as well. Because Christ has given himself to us. And since even the Son of God, Jesus Christ, was given for us, then how much more God will give us all the things, all the more graciously. And in so doing, or in so living, there's no fear for what God may take away or what God may destroy. Only with a greater hope in a greater obedience of our lives in all the things which God will protect and preserve. What God has given freely, you cannot earn. What He decides to take away or destroy, you cannot resist. So what are we to do in regards to wealth and economy? Look to Jesus Christ again, the blessed Savior and Messiah. In Luke 19, upon entering Jerusalem, Jesus sent two of his disciples saying, Go to the village ahead. As you enter, you will find a colt, a type of donkey, tied there. Untie the donkey or the colt, untie the donkey and bring it. If anyone asks, say the Lord needs it. And the owner of the said colt released it. And the disciples received it and took it to the Lord. Here is another animal, a type of livestock, colt or donkey, with all its economical value and purposes, much like the livestock of Pharaoh. What was done with that colt was both for the mission and the glory of Jesus Christ. The mission of Jesus was going to Jerusalem for the glory of his death and resurrection for the sake of forgiveness of sins so that our worship is acceptable to God. And this small colt or small donkey was prepared in this way, for the owner of the colt and for the disciples who received it. God prepares any sort of economy that will be used to make His glory known. And anyone can give and receive for the mission and the glory of God. That is the meaning behind wealth and economy.